Okay, welcome back. War Horse Podcast, episode 38. D has returned. The fire um, to discuss <laughs> the body, energy, biomechanics, hopefully LSD and polyamory versus polygamy, but we'll see how it goes. D? Versus, versus rotating polyandry. Have you... Uh... Have you read F. Roger Devlin's book, Sexual Utopia and Power? Have you discussed that on the podcast yet? No, no. I know who he is yeah, from our, I remember. You haven't read the book? No, no. Oh my God, dude, that, that is a lacuna, lacunae, lacuna. Yeah. I don't know. How, I don't, I actually don't know how to speak English. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I only know how to read, lay ear. I can't, <laughs> I can't actually, dude, I do not remember how to like pronounce anything I don't, I don't understand how my brain even does it like sub sub vocalizes because i'm a fucking retard i swear i'm retar- i'm an idiot don't listen to anything oh my god i think uh, okay go ahead I that's think- a gap dude that's a that's a serious gap you need to remedy that all right tell me again so i'll make sure f roger devlin i know yeah that, sexual yeah. utopia sexual utopia and power okay got he's it he's like uh you know, he's like a, if Hartiste went to school, but like, but didn't graduate, but became polite <laughs> or something, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Do you want to fill us in or give so, us a uh, overview or? Okay. So, well, yeah, sure. So we'll get back to the body. Um, okay. So my my note was um, this this quote always comes up or at least seems to come up sometimes in like our, I, I guess our circles our trapezoids I don't even know what to I don't know what to call them anymore um, so supposedly William James like was <laughs> under the influence of some sort of intoxicant or uh, what, what did he supposedly trip on e- ether or nitric oxide ether nitric nitric oxide yeah yeah, yeah. was that laughing gas yeah yeah. Which, by the way, I went to the dentist the other day, and so I haven't been to the dentist. Are the is this is this going to be too much of a digression? How how long do you have? There, I just I, feel like chat. Let's I have chat. all day, and there's no rules okay. on the warhorse. So, all right, okay. So I went to the dentist. I haven't been to the dentist in like since twenty, I'd say fifteen. Oh yeah, I have insurance. I I have insurance. I just don't yeah. fucking care, <laughs> and not because I'm scared. Like I've had my wisdom teeth pulled by like a little girl who was like literally standing on my chair. Like I'm not scared. I just I don't like dentists. First of all, For, mostly because they're like call me doctor, and I'm like motherfucker, you're not a doctor. I'm not going to call you. I don't even like to call my doctor doctor. So like I'm not affording you that title. But like second of all, they're just they just seem always sleazy. Like very tan, like excessively tan. And I don't know, they just seem weird to me. So I avoid it. And the, and like before that, the previous time before that, I hadn't been in like seven years. My teeth are fine. But where was I going with this? Nitric oxide. Oh, nitric oxide. <laughs> so my my wife had already been and like had told them like these stories, but they got the impression I was like scared. So they were like, do you want the laughing gas? And I was like, fuck, yeah, I want the laughing gas. <laughs> of course I want it. Of course I do. <laughs> yeah, what kind of question is that? You know who you're talking to right now? But it didn't do anything. You know, long story short, it, it didn't do anything. Perhaps maybe because I've pelted my brain with uh, so much LSD that... <laughs> that nitric oxide didn't didn't really have much of an effect although i think they also like you know they don't like that's the thing they can give you so little that it's just it's almost a joke yeah so well that that makes me tempted to try to source an (laughs) adequate amount for a trip because supposedly william james supposedly under the influence of nitrous oxide, you know, one day come like comes out of his, his trip and has this vision and writes this poem down and it goes, Hogamus, Higamus, man is polygamous. Higamous, Hogamous, woman is monogamous, right? And so you see that like yep. 
floated around a lot. And like, I guess your question to me uh, via email before we talked about this is like, just to talk about it and like, you know, do like, you know, do I think uh, that that's true in a general sense? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Okay. Like I've had plenty of experiences with it and like, you know, with different pairs of, of women and different amounts of women. And like, you know, it was, it, you know, when I went through, is this like, can we, can we get R rated for a second? I mean, you can, edit you can go X rated. You can go okay. to the bottom if you have to. Whatever. So Daniel, Daniel had like some really kinky phases in his life. Okay. I, I'm not really ashamed to admit it. I don't give a shit, but like, you know, there were times when like I was tired and like bored. Uh, have you ever heard of the last psychiatrist? Um, is it a movie? It's, no, it's a, it's a very famous blog. Okay. Um, by someone who's still anonymous, never got outed, but he wrote this huge essay on the uh, on cuckoldry and on why cuckold porn is so uh, you know mainstreamed now. And and his contention was that you secretly hate your wife, you know, and that uh, ultimately it's like an excuse for you to to go cheat, essentially. And I, you know. I might be fucking that up there. It's, it's a pretty big essay. And, you know, he sort of psychoanalyzes the whole concept. And like, I went through this phase where I was into it too. I could not get the women that were into me to like, to be, they were like, no, <laughs> they were like, no, it's just you for me. That That's it. There is, there is no other man where, uh, for me, you know, I don't know how honest Christian guys are about it, but like, I just, dude, I could never, I couldn't stop. I couldn't control it. There was a time period in my life when I was still a very, very much like a committed Christian. And I felt like Augustine, and I don't know if you've never, ever read Augustine, but essentially Augustine just like spent years being like, you know, please, dear God, make the horny go. Away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, I mean, and, and te you know, technically like created uh, in a sense, the modern understanding of a person uh, and, and almost morality uh, while doing this, while writing his, his confessions. Yeah. And at some point in my life, like I came to the conclusion, you know, after, I don't want to say that. So first of all, I love and respect Christians. This isn't like a, uh, and I'm not even saying like I transcended this belief system. I'm just saying I moved through it, so, you know, somewhere else, horizontal. <laughs> I'm not above it. I'm just, I'm somewhere else, you know, but you know, I do have this conservative religious impulse. It's just sort of manifested a bit differently, but, but I have come to the conclusion that, you know, maybe, maybe these people aren't, but, but Daniel is, Daniel, Daniel's love shoots out <laughs> in more than, in more than one direction. And I, you know, I can't change that about myself. I can say that, but that's not the truth. The truth is like, I don't want to change that about myself and the divine, first of all, like, is polygamous <laughs> like if the divine is singular right and we're all his children or her children or whatever then either there's this special like i mean this is actually this sort of this sort of sexuality is like fundamental to Kierkegaard talking about uh genesis the book of genesis and and sort of fundamental to interpreting uh the new testament like dude the bride of Christ is plural. I don't, I don't know how people like get around. That. I really don't understand like why that doesn't trip more people up. And the fact that in the old Testament, like, dude, we're talking about a, a, a society that was um, polygamous. And I guess, uh, is that the right word? Polygyny? Yeah. So there, there was no chance for women to even do this like socially. But what I'm saying is, is even when they're liberated to do this, like, like they might be in the modern West now, obviously this is not something that like people are too fond of still, but it, but it's tolerated first of all, in its implicit form, which to me is a nod to this anyway, um, which is serial monogamy, you know, which I think is also what, what Devlin calls rotating polyandry. Because, you know, there's a certain percentage of men that have access to more females. <laughs> it's a zero-sum game, yeah. okay? Like, it, it, re it really is. And, you know, nature is nature. Uh, we'll come back to that. It's fucked up and cruel. And, dude, some people just get more, 
you know, and, and I don't know if that's through their own efforts or through some sort of like biological uh, force or, or life force that is seeking itself out through biology. Right. But do, do I, do I think that I guess people are naturally that way. And by that, we mean that there's just some sort of inclination. Dude, I don't know what I think about nature anymore, but I know that like, I, I've accepted that I appreciate that aspect of my personality. And, you know, I love my wife and I don't cheat on my wife. I don't want to cheat on my wife, but like, you know, there's a part of me that when I did this again, this is not the first time for me either. When I did this, I was suppressing that, that urge and suppressing that aspect of my personality. And I think every man has to decide before he pulls the trigger, like, Hey, can you really suppress that aspect of your personality? Like, do you want to, you know, if, if it's there, but I mean, dude, it's one of those areas where I am tempted to be like, dude, there's something natural <laughs> that's going on. Yeah. And, but what I don't understand, um, is how, is how we like skip past it, you know, because it's just, this was like everyone's spiritual and like, tr like tradition for a long time. And maybe not so much in like a the Anglo-Saxon world, but the Protestant revolution like, really was like partially impelled forwards by this dude being like, I want to fuck other women. <laughs> Right. I want to divorce my wife and I want to fuck other women. Yeah. Right. This and and I'm not talking shit on. I was a Protestant. That was my the tradition. I So this is not a person who's like talking shit on Protestantism. But, dude, that was a huge part of it. OK, that and money lending at interest. Like th these are unavoidable facts. And so the unavoidable fact of of sexuality is like. If the divine is singular. And if he is all these has encompasses or has or all these classical attributes that we uh, that we attribute to him or her uh, on all omnibenevolent, right, uh, all loving, all knowing, right, then then the divine is polygamous, okay. <laughs> and Alan Watts would say something like, um, "Who I've been listening to a lot lately for some reason, which is so cliche." Not only have I been listening to Alan Watts <laughs> a lot lately, he's good, I man. Actually. He's good because he was vexed by the same question I was, um, I think, you know, which is weird because he was Episcopalian and I don't feel like that was, he was like an Episcopalian minister. I didn't really think that was their vibe, you know, because that's a Calvinist thing, which somehow this Italian dude ended up in this, stranded in the Calvinist tradition for a while and was vexed by this question. And so was Alan Watts. And if you read This Is It, I think it's a collection of his essays. He has an essay where he you know, squares the circle pretty well. And, but, but what he would say about this sort of aspect of our conversation, I think is that, um, you know, oh, shit, hold on. It'll come to me. You're gonna have to edit some, some space out, some blank space out. Well, you were talking about the divine and like the poly, something nature of it oh oh so so he would say right there is no he would say you know in a sort of buddhist way that there is no division my friends that's how he would say it right there there is no separation right but but dude i'm more uh i have the the vital spirit of unamuno here um who in the tragic sense of life would say no dude like there is you know, it's, it's me and I am separate from all of this. And all of experience is predicated upon <laughs> the cleavage between me being this independent thing and the thing that I'm experiencing. Like, so you can fucking try to collapse that all you want in this weird Eastern mystic sort of way, but there's some, there are, there is poles. Okay. And, and uh, speaking of bodies, the way that the way that a, a polarity is, you know, held apart because it has to be because an opposite charge, right? They they attract. Okay, so a battery, right, it creates this circuit. Okay, they it doesn't just collapse in on itself. An electron, which is supposedly this negatively charged particle, that's you know 
quantizing around this positively charged nucleus, it doesn't just collapse into the nucleus, okay? Because there's something pulling these, you know, whatever that is, whatever's pulling apart male and female, fuck, I don't know, dude, that's the divine, okay? In, in my, you know, in my understanding of what's going on right now. But, but to just be like, to squish it together, you can't, you can't do that. And so taking this back to the body, what is a body? Okay, well, you know, our enlightenment understanding of, of a body is, is, you know, if you want to take it way back, is this rigid thing that's extended into space, okay, into space time, or into space, we'll say, it's this three dimensional object that you can like poke and prod and observe and look at, okay. And so, you know, um, I think this starts with Galileo, who, who is the, maybe the first person to uh, distinguish between primary what they call primary qualities and secondary qualities in, in philosophy, in philosophy, which ends up becoming qualia. Right. But, but a body, right. The, the primary qualities are, which I have written down right here, right. Let's find them. Um, come on. Where are you at? Oh, something that extends into space that has ordinarily both the primary qualities, which are solidity, figure, extension, motion, and rest. And the secondary qualities, color, taste, smell, things like that, qualia. So this distinction, right, that, that was made, this is how we ended up deciding what a body is, matter in motion, right? Um, and how did I get here? Well, you jumped, we you jumped from, I came uh, back from polyamory yeah, to the body and that you're, you're, you're on your train, I think. Oh, I think. oh, okay. So, so it's, you know, forgive me first of all, because I don't know if you do like, are you into MBTI and like Jung and that kind of shit? Oh yeah. I like <laughs> I've you. got really, yeah. Okay. I've got really into MBTI, which is like a sort of knockoff female because I love women version of Jung, right? Where they were like, they like organized it all and it's like smarter astrology. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And so I, I'm an I, INFP, right? And uh, I, I have my like oh, my yeah, secondary yeah. my secondary function is extroverted intuition. So I have I really start like putting shit together in my mind faster than I can say it. So you sometimes you're gonna have to keep me on track. So the a body, it's it's that same thing, okay? Pulled apart, all right. It's you know whatever's keeping that apart. Yeah. the strong force, the weak force, you can, you can go on forever. Like Alan Watts would say, you could keep cutting it smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And you would say like, you got down to the atom, which means in, in Greek, that which is not cuttable, right? A Thomas. <laughs> and then it turns out, no, it was cuttable. Right. And, and I'm sure we can keep going forever if we want to, but this body, right. According to Galileo and classical physics. Okay. This thing that we want to train and talk about and build up or, or, we want to feel right in you and me. I think you're struggling to feel right still. Um, it's, it's, it's this, this model of classical physics says these, these fundamental particles, right? They're, they really are like billiard balls bouncing around. And this solidity that you experience, it's real. It's inherent in nature. Okay. Then science comes along and starts doing its thing. Again, the same science that's predicated upon the absolute cleavage the, the distinction between the observer, me by myself, okay, and my experience, right? Or, or you and me can get together and go, hey, man, are, you see that, bro? <laughs> right? But, but it's predicated upon that, that cleavage. And, th and then science comes along and says, well, actually, like, color, taste, smell, these things are all just in your fucking mouth, in your head. Sort of. Kind of but they don't really exist. They're not genuine properties of matter. All so that, that that threw us back on well what's left. Okay, well rigidity, solidness, extension into space. Okay, then science keeps doing its thing. <laughs> this is actually, you know, that shit doesn't exist really either. That's kind of all in your mind too. Your mind's kind of constructing that too. Because really there's just nothing but vast amounts of empty space between the electron, right? And that thing that it's like quantized or whatever the fuck and, and orbiting around. So really there's just waves and energy, bro. And there's just there's just vibes, dog. So when you're like, what's the body? <laughs> you know, I'm like, 
what the fuck are you? I don't know, dude. <laughs> it's it's a quantum. It's vibes, man. It's just vibes. It is. Okay. It's fucking and, vibes. Go ahead. Well, and it's and it's your mind, okay. And so when you're when you're telling me like what's the body, I'm like, well, there's two poles to this thing, and you could try to collapse them all you want, right? Or or handle the problem the way Descartes did, like, or any of his predecessors, and and be like, well, there's this dualism, and the two things are completely incompatible, and never the twain shall meet. Or you could take this holistic view and be like, actually, they're just they're one and the same. But you know this sort of neutral monist uh, interpretation of it. I think I could be fucking this up, but this is, this is Bertrand Russell who very famously starts his uh, philosophy book. I forget what it's called. I have to, I have to look it up um, with the table. He's like, you know, you put your hand on the table, you bang the table, but it's just empty space, dude, you know, and he starts it off that way. And then says, these things, they must have, they must have some underlying substrate that is the, that is made up of the same thing. Right. And so they're just two different aspects of i don't fucking know but i do know that that when you're asking me what this body is like i feel in control of it you know and i feel i can do these things with it and you know why does it matter i mean for me it just read i found this quote the other day and it just it just hits hard it resonates with me it vibes with me right thoreau said i never feel that i'm inspired unless my body is also Uh, he wrote this in a journal they are fatally, they are fatally mistaken who think while they strive with their minds that they may suffer their bodies to stagnate in luxury or sloth. The body is the first proselyte that the soul makes. Our life is but the soul made known by its fruits, which are the body. The whole duty of man may be expressed in one line. Make to yourself a perfect body. And it's crazy because he goes back and forth, first of all, and says, you know, he's chastising the, you know, these sort of intellectual types, which I, which really gets my goat. Cause it's like, you, you hear these people that are just like, all your kids are sitting around eating Cheetos and playing video games. And a lot of times they're the same people that just sit around and read books. And I'm like, well, what's the fucking difference? You're just sitting around too, you know? And he starts off chastising these people, but then says the, that the body is the first proselyte that the soul makes. And so that resonates with me because whatever the soul is, I think is, is that energy that's creating the polarity. (laughs) Okay. That's pulling that shit apart and keeping it apart. And I think in most situations, that's an acceptable way to approach life. But what I want to hit on here is this aspect of saying that the body is the fruit of the soul. Now there's this guy, excuse me, Named Eugene Hecht. Hecht. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Physicist. From from my research, apparently a fairly famous one. Uh, wrote textbooks. And he, he's got this paper that I'm going to be commenting on. I'm going to use it. I'm going to have a video that I'm going to do about energy on my YouTube channel. It's going to be like six parts long. It's a fucking monster. But I want to hit on something that he talks about in, in this paper. If you read this paper and it's called... Uh, Understanding energy as a subtle concept, a model for teaching and learning energy. Uh, the reason he, he calls it a subtle concept is because the, the guy that like literally wrote the book on energy is this guy named Vaclav Smil or Samil. He wrote one of those like beginners guys. I don't know if you've ever seen those like the Oxford publishing series. But in the in the book, let me look up this quote, OK, because this is critical. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, energy quotes by Feynman. You guys know who Richard Feynman is? I think Feynman was kind of a party. Feynman was kind of a party animal. Speaking of, he was like way in the strip clubs, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of polyamory. Um, so he said the same thing. Energy is a very subtle concept. It is very, very difficult to get right. Okay. So that's, that's what the throwback is for subtle concept. But he also said, it is important to realize that in physics today, we have no knowledge of what energy is. So yep. th- whatever's pulling, <laughs> whatever's pulling that electron apart from that collapsing into that fucking nucleus, we have no, no knowledge. This is, uh, this is fucking not, uh, 
he's not hedging it. Okay, this isn't <laughs> this isn't a qualified statement. We have no knowledge. We do not have a picture that energy comes in little blobs of a definite amount. It is not that way. Vaclav Samil quotes the same thing in his book, which he just wrote. Okay, and Eugene Heck, this article is from I don't know 2019 or something. It, very recent, okay? Everyone is reiterating this fact, okay? And this is a fundamental concept in physics, okay? This thing that's supposedly telling us what the world is, is really like. And it's utilized in all kinds of other equations, okay? Everyone knows E equals MC squared and all kinds of other shit. Work, all these fundamental concepts are dependent upon what energy is. And this guy... Everyone is telling you when you, when you really, they won't tell this to you. They won't tell this to you like in discussion, right? Because it makes us sound stupid, you know, and we don't want to sound stupid or we're afraid to, to be like, well, we don't know. Okay. I got to take, get a pen. We got to come back to Aporia. I'm going to take some notes. I'm getting, I'm getting on one. Aporia. Being afraid not to know. So, and I want to talk about that for a second as well. So you, uh, you get these people that are afraid to admit sort of in public that they don't know, you know, but when you, when you really start digging into stuff, you realize that all of these like fundamental distinctions that, that we try to make as human beings, they all collapse when you really start looking at them, when you really start observing, right. The same way that, you know, supposedly quantum mechanics dictates that when, when we look at something, we're like changing it so then the question is like well are we changing the way that it presents itself or is it even there like is it ex is its existence predicated upon my observation or just its behavior okay and so but but you get people that in the textbook right version of it on tv on msnbc or when they're talking to you oh yeah i'm confident right but when you really start like poking them they don't have any idea what the fuck they're talking about okay nobody knows what life is same thing. I can, I can pull fucking quote after quote of people that study it for a living. They'll tell you, oh, we don't know what it is. You know, we have some ideas, but we have some definitions. But if you work with this definition, it doesn't include this thing, which we do consider living like or vice versa. And so, first of all, I guess what I want to do is just encourage everyone to just face reality on your own. In some Everyone's fucking retarded. OK, they don't want to hear it. Okay, this is why they killed Socrates. Okay, so he went around and was like, hey, how do you know? How do you know that? How do you know that? And tell people fucking killed him because <laughs> he was like an annoying kid, right? Yeah. And it's like, well, Alan Watts says in one of his famous talks, you get to that point as a parent, you're just like, shut the fuck up and eat your donut. Like, we, I don't want to talk about this, right? But, but the way the Socratic dialogues end, okay, is in aporia which means confusion in Greek. Um, and very famously, especially the ones about piety and knowledge, okay? And the reason that this matters is because I think that people are collecting this heaps of information now. Uh, people like us, people that are interested in things, and they think that they're going to like find an answer uh, in just amassing all of this information. Or if they listen to these people that write books and, and sound confident enough, right? Oh, this must be the truth, right? And wh where that manifests itself a lot is strangely like in, in stuff about the body, okay? So training modalities, regimens, people are like ready to go to war over that, sh over the difference between five sets of five and five sets of three, <laughs> Like, or four sets of four. Never do four sets of four. Like, I remember Alpha Destiny was on, a, had a hard on for that. Like, no, you can't do, you, know, you definitely, you can't stop short. You have to do. Dude, what you need to do is just be consistent. And there's something that we do know that you know, you know, uh, and not in the like Descartes sense, but like, you know that, hey, when I go and I do this regularly, yep. this thing, I feel better. I, you know, whatever that, thing is the whole I, I feel better. And, you know, I think when we talk about the body, hold on, I kind of lost my train of thought. No, you didn't. Do you have anything in there that you, 
Do you have anything there that you liked that you want to hit on? Oh man, You're, yeah. I mean, I love it all because it it's right it well, the, right there where you left off. I mean, you know, there's this uh, thing with uh, like functional strength versus like strength strength, and there's all these ridiculous fucking arguments that these people have, and um, consistency. You know, if, if like I talk about ritual a lot on this podcast, um, in the Eliadian Eliadian sense, you know that there's something uh, like Mercia, the author. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. and and there's something to be said about this. And I don't let me go too far into this. Hopefully, it just I'm just feeding into you know the train of thought you're going here. But it's something we talk about a lot on this podcast that. Even if the ritual feels somewhat empty, um, like if you don't fully believe it 1,010%, and you'll, you'll cut your neck open right now to prove it, uh, the act of doing the ritual sort of, sort of uh, I mean, you could try and describe it in many different ways. Like it, it, to me, it creates a resonance somehow where if I'm consistently doing this thing and if it's, but there we get into, you know, I don't want to sign off on like, well, no, just do empty fucking rituals or do crazy sets of squats that have absolutely no, and I also don't want to say, well, there's some like happy Goldilocks medium between all this stuff. Um, and I don't necessarily know that any of that's true, but I do, when you say, you know, uh, consistency, that's what comes to mind for me is not everything that did I, you, go ahead. Did you ever read that habit on habit by Ravison that I told you about? Did I ever tell you about that? I have it, but I have not read it. You did. I think you mentioned it. Yeah. Well, this is just, this is like the wheelhouse that we're in right now. So back to what I said about, or not what I said, but what Thoreau said about the body being the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, which is crazy because the fruits of the spirit in the, in the new Testament are not, <laughs> they're not physical. Okay. But, but I mean, what that means is like, you're, you're writing something. Okay. You're engraving something uh, in the most precious kind of stone that you possibly can. And that this habit that you're forming becomes your flesh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you are incarnating, you are incarnating right now. Um, and you know, I, there's this meme. I love it. It's, uh, you know, it's, um, it's like roll a doll or someone. It's just a cartoon, a series of cartoons of this, this woman getting uglier and uglier. And it says, you know, hey, what you think about, what you meditate on. Oh, I know you this know, one. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you if you have these if you have these ugly thoughts, yeah. Like eventually, you're going to become ugly, ugly. and like, and, and it's true. It's <laughs> like physiognomy just doesn't lie, you know. And so when you look in the mirror and you don't like what you're fucking seeing, I hate like to to like sound Tony Robbinsy, but like buck the fuck up, chump, like. Your habits are fucked up. But then, like you said, you don't want to sign off on anything because it's like, I'm not just telling you to do shit. I'm not telling you to be completely on autopilot. Right. 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 Be because, but, but there's this sense in which autopilot is the height of human beings for some of, of humanity. For some people, it's the highest form of consciousness when you're uh, playing a guitar and you're so good at it that, that you're in a flow state. Okay. Yeah. And so then, then it becomes like, well, how much friction is too much? And I, this has been like, I don't know if I got this from somewhere. I think it's me, but it's like, you know, well, first of all, again, scientists don't know what it is. They don't know what fucking friction is. Another one of like the fundamental concepts in physics, but you, you know what it is. And, yeah. and, and if there's too much of it, guess what? The car like won't move. But if there's, if, if there's not enough of it and you're on ice, which they don't know how ice works and why it's slippery either. Then the tires are just fucking spinning, right? And so, you know, this this thing that you're this flow state that you're getting in, how much friction should there be? Well, I think this is where I, I'm in quote unquote existentialist. I can't answer that question for you, dog. How much friction do you like, nigga? Like, <laughs> I know how much. Yeah, yeah. 
I know how much I like. Same. Okay. <laughs> I know what makes me. Mm. Uh, and it, and it's definitely not. It's somewhere in the middle. Okay. And there's this great irony that like, dude, that that's how life is extracted from and created is through this friction of people like quite literally, you know, at, at some point in the genitals, <laughs> but like, it's gotta be just the right amount. <laughs> okay. Yep. And, and are we in control of that? I mean, fuck. I, I think so. I, I feel like I am sometimes. And then I get frustrated and I'm like at the gym and I want to talk about PRI for a second. Um, yeah, go for it. I want to talk about Heidegger right at that leave off point too, but we don't have to right now. Okay. Well, no, uh, let's, let's do that first then. Let's do Heidegger first. Well, I just want to make the comment and see what your thoughts are on, you know, his whole idea of the tool and how, um, you know, there's nothing more natural in a sense than the tool. I don't go all the way with Heidegger. I, I sort of, but I pick up these, sure. you know, and, uh, don't go all the way with anybody, bro. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, I don't. Um, whoa, just about lost my uh, computer there. Um, that's that. There's something, I mean, again, I'll be the first to say, I don't know the answer, but all that, um, like the flow state, guitar, friction, whatever the, the thing is, um, there is. Some, is there, is there. Go ahead. Is there any friction in a flow state? You know, it's almost. I mean, I mean, I've been in a lot of flow states, and I've been very good at some of these like tool-oriented things. I mean, like you know, maybe not world class, but maybe some of them world class. And I'm not, but but none of that. The only thing that that got me that I could give to you or a listener or whatever is not like a gold medal or you know we don't even need to go there. I have noticed though that like in a total flow state, I have a, I have a difficult time like um, actually inventing something. I'm it's, it's almost as if I'm at my best when I, when I've been in a flow state for a while, almost built up this routine with the tool. So I know I can, swing the hammer three times, throw it across, whatever, or, you know, switch from this chord progression to another one, switch the pick to my... So you're, in, you're still in a pattern in a flow state. You're, you're just executing it flawlessly. And I'm choosing those patterns and then how far I want to push them. Because there's something about, like, you know, anybody, if you like a, a visionary or a genius, Jimi Hendrix or whatever, he knows there's a point where he's going to fall off the cliff. Um, and somehow part of his, like, we don't even have a term for this, really, but we could just try and describe it where it's like, it's like you have this electric fucking... Um, like a live wire and you kind of know your limits on where you can go with it. And then, but you know too, that if you go too far, you're going to fucking kill yourself or somebody. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the limits of the flow state is a, that's a, that's a really good point that no one ever talks about. It's like, just get in the flow state and you do, you know, there's, I think there's plenty of, uh, anecdotal at least evidence for like it does make you feel good like it puts you in harmony with something um but i or maybe with everything may, yeah yeah and <laughs> maybe with all things and, yeah and it could very well but, i'll just finish this thought and then shut up is like it could very well be um the state of the soul that you've uh you know grown or manifested up to it is you know what I'm saying? It is. Yeah. That's what Rav that's what Ravison is saying is so you're free and this is who you are. Like you've you've etched this person in flesh. Okay? Graffe, like you wrote it, you know? Not in stone because we're free. So ev every passing moment is a chance to turn it all around. But but you have inertia going back to physics, okay? That shit, we it. I see it. Have you seen it? Have you ever seen a fucking butt out of control truck? Yeah. <laughs> right? So psychological inertia is, you know, there. It, it 
somehow inscribed in in your flesh okay so it's you have to be careful with the things that you do because they end up just that's who you are yep right and yeah and people there's only like so many ways to creatively say this but you have to creatively say it or or it's depressing uh but but i, I just want to one funny thing you said that you weren't you weren't that good you weren't world class in anything and you know I'm a I'm so middlebrow and like I will defend it. I'm probably I'm world class at being middlebrow. So <laughs> there's a famous quote, uh, Alexander the Great. Uh, hold on, let me find it. Hold on. Uh, so this is good. It's tangential and it's not like important, but because you brought it up, I didn't want you to feel bad about yourself. God damn it. It's going to take, we're going to have to do this. Like this is going to take like three different episodes. I can admit too. There's some false humility there. I mean, I don't need to lie. Ah. There's, there's definitely, uh, you know, so, I have my moments. I'm not going to. So on hearing that, uh, Ismenias, Ismenias, this isn't how I heard the story. was an excellent flute player. Antisthenes said, but he must be a worthless man for if he were not, he would not be such a good flute player. <laughs> uh, King Philip of Macedon, when his son played brilliantly, this is what I was looking for. And agreeably on the harp at entertainment said to him, are you not ashamed to play so well? <laughs> and I think the, the point is like, I personally, and this is my vibe and I think yours, I, I just want to take as much being into my person as possible and that precludes the possibility of me being really great <laughs> at any one thing, because that's a form of asceticism. It, it, even uh, consumption, if you take it too far, is a form of asceticism, because all you can do is consume. And so the obese, you know, is, is ironically a kind of ascetic. And that's even manifested in his eventually in his person because he's fucking starving. How, you know, how do you think he keeps eating? He keeps consuming things, you know, because all he can feel is the hunger, right? And that same hunger that can like, can make, and this is where, why we're free. That same hunger that made the obese person fat because he didn't like just stuff himself. Okay. Nobody wakes up and is like, I'm going to fucking stuff myself till I'm fat. Okay. He was hungry. In my opinion, if you go to my YouTube channel, which is not related to this, but like, because he's eating the wrong foods, but, but we're not talking about that necessarily right now, but. This the same hunger that made him fat can can make him skinny, okay? Because it's the tool that Heidegger was talking about. That's so natural that that is made for, for your hand to grasp, right? You have this beautiful tri like three sets of arches here to like to act, okay? That same hunger that that spirit hunger that you have for energy, right? You you can choose to use it in two different ways. Okay. And there's a quote here that I love. Uh, I, I want to read it now. Fuck it. By Unamuno. Who, uh, who says that. Hold on. This is going to take me a bit. While you're doing that, I'm going to mention um, a guy who we've spoken of on this podcast, Brian McKenzie, um, triathlete, breathwork master, etc. Uh-huh. And he um, said something, if I can remember it, that that jives with what you were just saying. And that is that he has exposure to shit tons of, again, world-class athletes, the best lifters, the best runners, the best uh, right. professional athletes. And he says that to a man, there's not a single exception, that these are some of the most fucked up people that you can find on the planet. And it's not just like, um, well, they're really unhappy on the inside. No, 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 no. These people are by necessity almost of the pursuit, this out, you know, kind of like this flute player, like, well, you're probably a great flute player, and I can thereby assume that you're a giant asshole too, because <laughs> I think that I think that McKenzie. So go ahead. So so directly to that point, this guy Ryan Hall uh, was a like world class marathoner, um, and like almost dropped dead, which happens a lot 
in marathon runners, by the way, almost dropped dead and was like, I'm fucked up, skinny, horrible, like, you know, just the classic meta, like marathoner physique, which is just fucking ugly. I'm not, that's it. I'm not defending that position. I'm just, that's the, the, that's it. They're fucking ugly. There's, there's something unhealthy about it. And completely dude, after completely turned his life around, started lifting weights, like, uh, doing uh, sprinting and different stuff and like totally turned it around. But, but like you're saying, yeah, this, this dog dogged pursuit of this one thing, you know, deforms you because man is not a tool, individual tool user. He's the tool user. <laughs> I got a tool chest absolutely. You know, yeah. with because what the fuck good is one tool anyway? Because like everyone says, like when all you got is a hammer, <laughs> right. you know, you can get creative with it. But, you know, there's not a you can't do that much <laughs> with it. And then everything starts to look like a nail. It, you know, when you have a hammer, some screwdrivers, a jackhammer, uh, chisels. And I mean, yep, yep. 100%. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle? Is that What the fuck does that mean? What is Bob's your uncle? I think it, I think it means <laughs> like right. it's all good. Like you're... There you go. Yeah, then it's all then it's all good. Yeah. Bob's it your is. uncle. Uh but uh, back to um what you were talking about earlier is that you know, there are no there's no expert on you. Right. But you. Yeah. You know, and so what I really wanted to get across from all that talk about the bot and I like I didn't hit on a lot of stuff that I do eventually want to circle back to, but yeah, is that people are lined up around the block to sell you some shit and tell you that you need this, that, or the other thing. But even if they're right, okay, even if you do need this thing, like you, I can't give it to you. Like you have to receive it. And so my own journey right now is with PRI. And so getting back to, to breath work, yeah. um, I would highly encourage anybody before they begin a breathwork practice and by breathwork practice, I mean, Alexander technique, uh, yoga, I suppose, or, you know, something like that, that you make sure that positionally, we're going to get pragmatic for a bit positionally that your rib cage is under your control. Um, because if it's not all that breathwork you're going to be doing is going to be wasted breath. I can assure you if you have rib flare and it's not going to con like you, it can even, it's not going to calm you down. It can even be destructive or like make it worse for you. Absolutely. And so I, I discovered this thing, PRI. And so I'm pounding the pulpit about it uh, because I know that you need this, but you got to make it your own. Um, and by I know that you need this, I mean, if you have very specific symptoms and those are a stiff right ankle, that is limited in dorsiflexion sometimes, but a right foot that won't pronate. So those beautiful arches, those three arches you have on your feet, yep. uh, your right foot, it, it, the transverse arch won't let go. Right. And it won't let go because you have so much air in this other, this left side of your body that it's like, you're like a peg leg over there and your body is, your brain is trying to protect you. Yeah. And, and partially uh, it's called the pattern. You're in the left AIC pattern and that's a habit. And that is, that's the, the very thing that we were talking about earlier yeah. is that you've created, you've etched in, in thank God neurons, not, uh, not stone. Yep. <laughs> um, this pattern. Okay. Now there's people in the PRI camps that will tell you both of these patterns are natural. Again, I hate that word. Well, I don't hate it. I have a, I'm, I have this weird ambivalent. I have this weird love hate with it. So they'll tell you that it's natural that you have both of these patterns inside of you. Okay. But this pattern, you're, you're stuck because you've been sticking in it. Okay. And there's a reason for that. It's because I know we went into this last time, but your, your diaphragm on your right side is bigger than it is on your left side. It has more points of attachment to your spine and it just starts pulling you. And if you don't resist that pull, you end up looking like you're twisted to the right and you're stuck and you can't get to your left side. Yep. Okay. And so now... You did that thing we we're talking about earlier where that electron is pulled apart. Yeah. You know, for some magical reason somehow from and not collapsing into the its opposite. You you did. You fucked up, son. Like you collapsed your you have no more nucleus anymore. So you can't you can't switch back and forth between these two modes. And so now you're a man with one tool. Okay? Yeah. And now you're an ascetic. Okay? And 
hey, dude, if asceticism is your, your jam, totally cool with it. I know that, that some people, you know, they want to eat hair and flail themselves. And <laughs> I think it's, I, I don't think it's a perfect, I don't think it's for me. I'll just, we'll leave it at that. And I know that it doesn't work for human beings because then guess what? You're, the way you breathe, once once this one side is opened up and the other side shut down and you can't change between the two, A, you can't walk, you know, right. and B, you can't breathe properly. And so now your carbon dioxide ratios in your body are all fucked up. And in that sort of strange uh, snake eating its own tail uh, loop that, that most functions in life have, you can't use oxygen without carbon dioxide, right? The same way you can't use energy without protein, like if you don't have structure. You, you can't funnel energy through your system. And then ironically, if you don't have energy, you can't have structure because that's what's keeping all of those particles or whatever you want to call them <laughs> separated. Okay. So my journey starts, you know, in December of last year. Uh, actually, it starts a long time before that, you know, started when I was born <laughs> and then further back. No, but I had problems for forever. Okay. Um, and looking back, as it so often is, it's easy to see it all. It's like, oh yeah. So in school I had scoliosis. They were like, yeah, we should keep an eye on this. Your spine is twisted a little bit. And my mom was like, oh yeah, you're chicken breasted. You know, my ribs were just fucking flared the fuck out. My scissor was wide open. They say in a lot of, a lot of training modalities, but they don't understand. A lot of them don't understand why it happens. PRI does. So when I tell you like, Hey man, you need this. You need this. If you have open scissors, you're twisted to the right. Your neck is just fucking turned on and won't turn off. Your right shoulder's fucked up. Right shoulder, right knee, right ankle. Okay. This side's higher than the other side because this is where all, this is the only side you can fill with air, your left side. You need it. I'm telling you, you need it. But, but I can't give it to you. You got to, you got to take it. Yeah. All right. And, and, uh, who's that, that guy that, uh, Sterner? Ego in his own. Mm-hmm. Great book. Love it. Well, I actually kind of, I like secondary literature better, but he's sort of right about this where he says you have to, you ha- that's his big thing. You have to make it your own. And so f- for nine months, I'm struggling, straining mightily with these PRI exercises, you know, just jamming the fuck out of my left adductor. And I know that you've been like, you know, kind of looking into this stuff as well. Yeah. Trying to get my left leg to internally rotate. And finally I, I dude, I was like, I've been dealing with this for more than a year. So I learned about PRI last year, but in 2015, on, I actually you. was like, I got to get out of my hooks. I was a lineman. Okay. So we used to climb up poles with these little hooks on. Cause I would just be stuck on my right side and my right lateral aspect of my foot would just be fucking on fire. Cause I, that's the only position I could like get in. It was affecting my work. It was affecting my psyche. To the, to the point where, you know, I was over-reliant on that, that, well, it's the left side of your brain that controls the right, but, and, and again, it's called Yakalovian torque. Even your brain has that same twist and some people more so than others, um, that, that your diaphragm does because I mean, the spiral pattern of growth, that's just, I think how it happens, you know, naturally, but I was stuck, man. I was really stuck and nine months of trying this PRI shit. I know it's the answer, but it's not working. I got help. 